when I talk about the fellowship of the mended, I don't want to talk about just an idea that we're healed and we're all better. Because some of you know that things have gone wrong in your lives, and while you're better, maybe you're not perfect yet, or maybe it's not over, or maybe it's not fully mended, or whatever. Or maybe you weren't ever shaped in a way that others accept. And I'll tell you a little story, okay? And this is, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a little story on our founder, John Wesley. Okay. How much do you know about John Wesley? Do you know a whole bunches? Do you know his brother wrote 5,000 hymns? Do you know that he often spent a lot of time saying, Charles, we have enough. We only need the five. <laughs> He was not a fan of new music, but Charles was. Sometimes I think you get some of their parents involved a little bit. Uh, John Wesley preached a lot. Did you know that? He preached often, sometimes five and seven times a week for most of 50 years. So I get a wow here in the front. Yeah, from somebody that's up front right now, I'm telling you I'm not signing up for that duty. Five to seven times a week for 50 years would just tear me up in a way because of the way it works on me anyway. But he had some other things that maybe made him shaped for that. And I want to talk about this. He, um, he took his spiritual temperature seven times a day with 10 questions on a one to 10 scale every day, all the time. Does that sound pretty much normal to you? Do you do that? You have, a, you have a spiritual warmth scale that you find out whether or not the God's in charge of your life and you test yourself over and over all day long. You don't do that? That's because from, from my standpoint, when I read that, I start looking at possibly an early case. Now, I'm not a diagnostician, right? I don't have medical knowledge, but that looks a little obsessive compulsive behavior. Would you agree with that? But without that behavior, would it be possible for him to preach and to do the work that God called him to do? That maybe he wasn't shaped in a way that the world understood quite right, but it was something that God used in him. And so when we talk about mended and the fellowship of the mended, I want to talk to you about a group of people that maybe aren't the way that the world thinks is perfect, but that they are. And, and I talk about this, and this has really been sticking with me recently since, uh, since Francis and I, um, who spoke at Rendezvous, had quite a discussion afterwards, but about this fellowship of the mended, how we get along with each other, how we accept each other, how we walk is also something that uh, there's a Greek word, katatidzmo. You ready? Do you get it? Can you spell that out? No? Me either. I can't spell it either. Um, but it means mended. Uh, Eugene Peterson used to say it means um, you get to walk, but it's with a limp. It's a term used for fixing fishing nets and some other things, but it's also used not just for mended, but to mean that now you're completely, perfectly shaped for the job at hand. We get catharsis out of this and some other things. 
Okay, with that in mind, let's read some scripture and then we'll talk about it. Um, Some of you talked to me before the service. I was a little distracted because I have some notes here. They're not super helpful because that's not what God did in the first service. And so I'm still dealing with that. Let's, uh, Let's read this. This is Matthew or Luke, I'm sorry, 5, 12 through 26. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can make me, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. Instead, he said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required and in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and the vast crowds came to hear him preach and be healed of their diseases. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men always showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took some tiles off, and they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew that they, what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question in your hearts? Is it easier for you to say your sins are forgiven or to stay, stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Okay, so which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. Which one of those is easy to say? I mean, we can just, it can just flow out of our lips, but which, which one of those do we say and then have authority to make it happen? You feel super confident you can walk up to somebody and say, your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? I'm putting it to you this way because when they're saying that's blasphemy and Jesus ties the authority to heal and the authority to forgive sins together, he goes, which is it? Which is easier to say? Or if I read it the way that I think it's there, since you can't say either of those, (laughs) stop judging me who has authority who who can say both of them. 
right? Is there a reason why we can't say your sins are forgiven or, or rise up and walk? Well, yes, there's a, there's a very simple reason. One, we don't have the authority to do those things unless God in us has that authority. But I need to step back just a little bit here because I want to talk to you about something else. How many of you are in this spot where you need healing or have needed healing or need forgiveness or need to give it? How many of you are in there? Just You don't have to raise your hand, but if you want to, you can. But uh, see, I'm looking around, and if you're thinking that you're not one of those, let me correct you for a second. I'll, I'll, use, a, I'll use a little term. Let me admonish you to rethink that process. I, I want to talk about this a little bit because we deal with sickness quite a bit differently than they did in the ancient world. Remember this, okay? So the first thing is if you were sick or you weren't right in the head or something like that, they would call you unclean and sort of shun you. Do we do that? Not really. I mean, we do it with extreme cases, don't we? But we don't do it all the time. Now we say, well, I have such and such case of this kind of disease and I'm on this medication and, and, and we're all good, right? Per, a person's in process. But so when the guy comes up to Jesus and he's in an advanced case of leprosy and he says, if you're willing, I can be clean and healed. He's also talking about being accepted into society. Now, there's this little piece of the puzzle that we often don't hear with this, is that for generations and generations of Hebrew priests, they've been preparing and memorizing all the processes you do for restoration of somebody with leprosy and what is the special gift offering that has for that, but never, ever, ever do they get to use it. Ever. So Jesus heals somebody from leprosy, and he goes, go to the priests and share with them what's happened and take the offering. Can you imagine if you were the priest for a second, and you've spent your whole life, and you know that nobody has ever, ever brought in the offering and been been declared clean? What is the witness to the community there? What is the witness? It's a little bit like the doctor's offices now. If everybody was getting healed, but the doctor's just here, well, so-and-so was healed and -and so-and-so was healed, what would the doctor say? Well, bring them on in. Let's take a look. Let's check. It's exactly the same thing. I was uh, visiting Sandy the other day, and they were moving her, and they had this little to-do with the elevators, and, you know, she was in in her chair, and... They had a little cart with her, and they had to use the public elevators at Sacred Heart, which meant that they were all full every time they opened. (laughs) That's the way it was. And so I was pushing buttons for them, waiting, and then they got in one, and I took the stairs, and I beat them. I went six six flights, and I beat them. (laughs) And, And I was reminded as I was going up there, this wasn't really about that. It was just this thing that uh, the last time I grabbed the stairs in uh, Sacred Heart, I ran into one of my orthopedic surgeons. And he goes, 
wow, you're doing really good on those stairs. That looks great. I'm so glad to see you're doing really well. Um, because the last time I saw him, the second hip surgery that he did on me had not worked. Okay? <laughs> you see this? Right? He did not expect that I would ever be bounding up and down stairs and thinking, that's okay. And I said, yeah, um, God healed my hip a couple years ago. And he looked at me and he goes, well, obviously it's better than anything I've got. Because he had seen the examination, right? He had done two hip surgeries on me. He used to say this this way when I saw him the first time. Because when I went to see him, he, the surgery was new that was being done, and there had only been 1,000 of them done in Washington, and he'd done 900 of them, so he was the guy. And of the 900, he'd done 12 of them twice. And never had, you know, the second one had always worked, and I was 13, and it didn't work the second time. This is what God has is better. But, but they need to examine, and the witness was, Christ has done great things for us. But which is it? Is it, is it easier to say, I'm healed? Or I've been forgiven. I need healing. You're healed. You're forgiven. Which is easier to say in your life? I would, uh, I'm kind of wrestling with how to say this because I, I really want to say, as, as we're a fellowship of the mended, we are mended. We get to walk with a limp. Maybe we don't get to walk just right. But as we remember that, then maybe it's a little easier for us to accept others that don't walk just right because we can see that we don't walk right and then we can accept others and be loving and caring for them because we know we're in process and we can say, wow, they might be in process too. But there's often a problem with that is that Christians are often told, well, but we're saints, we're the people of God, we're perfect and all this stuff. Yes, you are saints. You know what a saint saint is a fancy word that means one thing. You've been mended and put back together by Christ to do his work. That's really what saint means. It doesn't mean that they now make statues of you and put you out there and then everybody wonders how you got to be so perfect. That's not what saint means. But but you need to be recognizing that um, your healing might not be quite as completed as you hoped as well. So before, when people come into us, and I'm really interested in us developing this attitude, and I know we're close. There are people here that are already here, that this fellowship of the mended, that we come together as people that have been mended by Christ, that love Jesus because of what he's done for us. And we can literally say as that last line, we can leave going, we've seen amazing things. Have you seen amazing things in your life? Have you seen Christ's love poured into somebody and their life changed? Has somebody seen that in your life? And, and I'm not doing this to just toot my own horn or anything, but just to let you know, remember that I said that I came to Christ after art school and I didn't like anybody when, I came, when Christ broke into my life. I was an unfriendly, mean sort of kid. Is that the guy you know? Then that's then you've seen great things. But I'm not done yet. I'm not fully formed yet in Christ. 
And as we do this, which is easier to say, rise up and walk, or your sins are forgiven? Well, I would say in our lives, they're the same difficulty. We have the same difficulty saying to people, rise up and walk, as we do saying, you're forgiven. Now, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but but forgiveness isn't the gateway necessarily to healing, but it's a difficult process by which we often keep ourselves from healing when we don't forgive other people. And so I want to I interact with this just a little bit. Two ways that I have to uh, use for forgiveness in my own life, two examples for how I learn how to forgive somebody. Um, we, we did a third one uh, quite some time ago when we, I invited you to write some things on a piece of paper and we burnt those. That is a way to, to sort of sever yourself from that immediacy of that stuff. But here's the second one, okay? So somebody's done terrible things to you. I know there's nobody in the room that's ever had anything terribly painful done to them. Okay, it's all of you. You've all got something, and it's the last thing you think about at night before you go to bed. They're the person, oh, man, I just, that just, why did they do that? here's, Here's the example of one of the pictures that God's given me to to seek forgiveness and it and it comes out of a out of a little a, a different scripture when Jesus is asked about forgiveness they said how many times should we forgive somebody seven times or 70 times and he says no seven times 70 times 490 don't little make little marks on the wall because then you're in the jail cell doing that right I've been here 490 times now I'm not gonna have to forgive them anymore doesn't mean they've done things 490 times, right? They might have just done it once, but forgiveness is hard work. So this is what I do, okay? Are you ready? This is really simple. God, I need help today forgiving this person. I think I can handle 5% of it. Will you handle the 95% of it for me today? And tomorrow, I will try to do 6%. And 7%. And sometime I might get into the 75%, God, but I'm still, it's still there. And then the next day I'm back at 3%. God, I'm not even forgiving them at all today. And forgiveness is one of those things we have to do over and over and over so that we can live into the example of God who says, I love you, your sins are forgiven. Do we do that for ourselves? Do we forgive ourselves? Do you, do you have something against yourself that you wish that you'd stop doing, that, that you just can't stop doing, but you don't really forgive yourself, and then when somebody else does it, you don't forgive them either because it really bugs you that you do it? Do you see, do you see how forgiveness, sort of the, our lack of forgiveness, that we don't do that, we don't practice it in our lives, that we need to practice forgiveness in our lives? By the way, Do you know what that forgiveness in our lives, when we start to experience it, starts to do? It starts to heal us. It starts to heal us a little bit. 
If you've started to speak forgiveness into somebody else's life, then then you become an agent of healing in their life. Now, not all healing is physical. I need to just say this. I have this little caveat over here that I had planned on talking about this. We think of being healed as only physical. Nope. Some of you need mental healing. Some of you need spiritual healing. Some of you need all of it. Matter of fact, I would say almost all of us need all of it. So does everybody else in the world as we've become disconnected from God. But it's not just all physical and it's not just all mental and it's not just all spiritual, but it's also not always based on are you sin-free Now your healing is there where you have great faith. Jesus healed some people here based on their faith. If you're willing, they came to him and did this. But not all the time. When Jesus heals people in the Bible, it's not always based on their faith. So so here's my test case for that because I've had this conversation with people. No, it's always based on faith. If your faith's not right, then you don't get healed, right? How was Lazarus' faith when he was dead? Right? When he had reached the stage of don't open that door, he stinketh. How is his faith doing? See, so <laughs> um, Peter's mother, when she's sick and in delirium, how's her faith doing? The centurion's servant, who he's got great faith, but it never says anything about the centurion's servant having any faith. It doesn't always say that everybody that came to him that got healed left with great faith. Some of them, I'm sure, just left being healed and go, that's great, now I don't have to deal with that anymore. But our witness in the world, remember that part of this text is is that our witness in the world, if we're the person with advanced leprosy, the witness to the world was is that we've been healed and restored and made clean and welcome in society again. Often in our world, we take that witness to mean that now that we're clean, we, we, we don't have to welcome anybody else in because we're just happy to be in and we're not welcoming anybody else. It's one of the things I'm very proud about this about the church's Monday meal. I'm very proud about the way that we welcome people in, and then when they come on Sunday, if they've been part of that, I'm very proud of that, that we are looking out and being welcoming and doing that. But we need to also be forgiving and speaking life into those situations. How are you doing with forgiveness? I forgot to give you the second picture of forgiveness, didn't I? I did. It's not one that really super works for me. I know it works for some other people, and so here it is. You take that big glob of ick, and you put it in a box, right, just visually, mentally. Put the lid on it, tape it closed. Wrap it up in some paper, put a bow on it. Hand it to Jesus. Not only does he take it as a present, I want you to hear this sort of statement from him. That's exactly what I was hoping you'd give up today. 
I was hoping I would get that from you. But but only a person of really bad manners takes presents back once given. And so I'm trying to give you a way to sever yourself from some of those things. Sometimes clean breaks. Stop hitting yourself. I hate it when people hit me in there and pretty soon you got a bruise. Because we're human and we do that. How, how are you doing with forgiveness today? How are you doing with forgiveness? So. I know that wasn't really the sermon you were hoping or were expecting. And it wasn't the one I was expecting to give today. But I'm, I'm going to quit now. And let you just mull over that. Okay? How are you doing with forgiveness? Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I ask that we would be forgiving of ourselves and of others. I wish that, uh, I, I ask that, that you would move in our hearts that, that as we become your people, the saints, the gathering of saints, the fellowship of the mended, that that um, we would be accepting of people that are different from us. I know we do that somewhere, somehow. I just ask that as people come in and amongst us, that we remember that you're working on us too, that that would make us friendly to those that are being worked on. Thank you, Lord, for the work in in my life and in each of those here, the work you're doing in others' lives. Precious name.